hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the SportsStuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist for Android devices. It's a pleasure to be back to talk hockey with you once again today. I apologize, it's been a little while. It's been about six games since the last episode, so not super long this time. It's been about, uh, whatever, been about 11 days. I guess that's not super long. It's been a little while. Kind of had to step away for a little bit, keeping up with my schedule and such. <sighs> what a stretch of hockey it had been until finally, last night, <laughs> finally the Wild survived the California curse. Actually, it looks like it would be it's seven games. Pardon me, this thing is <laughs> making me freak out. I apologize for that. Seven games since the last episode. And yeah, it had been a terrible stretch of hockey, yet we're somehow save ourselves in the California curse, but for some reason the Wilds seem to seem to have seem to be playing well against the LA Kings the past couple of years. Not every time, but there's a certain goalie who always plays well against them and it's it's wonderful. Uh the goalies, really, they're kind of like the guys holding this team together right now, to be quite honest. They are the glue holding the wild together, w- without a doubt. Um, we open up with an extremely positive victory. I remember I was picking, I was saying how the Wild absolutely have to win on Saturday night in Dallas. You know, get things moving in the right direction. Let's get out of any type of potential slump that might be starting up. Because the Wild were showing some up and down signs. You know, you you you, uh, you had a, a shootout loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, or overtime loss actually. Um, and then you lose to Florida. And, well, you beat Columbus, that's nice. You lose at home to Philadelphia, just a kind of a hapless game. You figure, oh, we're going to lose in Dallas, that sucks. And then the schedule gets a little easier, I thought. A little bit easier, not the easiest thing ever. But you open up on Saturday, January the 9th with a 2-1 to victory over the Dallas Stars. Awesome, awesome night for everyone involved. And I was saying at the time, what a nice... What, what a nice thing it is to see the Wild clamping down, the goalies playing well and such. In this case, of course, Devin Dubnik, 35 saves in the game. 2-1 to one victory. You know, just clamp down. It doesn't have to be an offensive type of game. Just get these 2-1 to one victories. This seems to be when the Wild are at their best. But it kind of, in a, in a semi-way, was their undoing because there was no scoring at all pretty much after this game in Dallas. <laughs> the Wild only had 25 shots on goal, by the way. Dallas, 35. Of course, playing from behind the whole way, or most of the way. Yeah, the whole way. Ryan Carter... In the uh, midway through the second period, or early in the second period, getting his fourth goal. That's the fourth line stepping up and getting the job done. Thomas Vanek scoring a goal, believe it or not, at this point. (laughs) This would be about the last time you'll see him in any box score for quite a while, until last night against the LA Kings. Really quiet week. Thomas Vanek really reverting back to the Vanek of last year. Really sad. Uh, It was exciting at this moment, because there's a beautiful play. Coyle and and, uh, Vanek hooking up. On the second line, in this case, or was it the third? <laughs> it's kind of like a back and forth with the what's third, what's second anymore. I don't even know because Granlin's been so up and down. Koivu has pretty much been the top line center most of the way, even though he's he's not really a top line center. He's been cooling off during the during this stretch. It's kind of like the script was delayed a month. It's kind of goofy, kind of like um, last year in November when it was cold in November and then warm in December. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like that where things got kind of pushed around. Like November was in December. It's kind of weird. Where in this case, it's like the December swoon took place in in January. Hopefully the Wild broke out of it because it seems like the Wild always seemed to... (laughs) It seems like historically the Wild break out of it with some type of surprising victory against the Kings. It happened last season with Darcy Kemper in that. He ended up saving the Wild. Or was it two years ago? It was just fantastic. 
Breaking the Wild out. Darcy Kemper saving the way, saving, it was two years ago, yeah. Saving the day, getting the Wild rolling forward. And that's what took place at the end of this game review here, we'll say. This is a two, this will be a two-segment show, by the way. But yeah, Thomas Vanek just kind of, kind of losing it after this. Gets real quiet. Jamie Benn had us worried. Scoring on the power play, 25th goal of the season. Dallas was attacking, 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 but Dubnik was shutting everything down along the way. The Wild were giving up a hell of a lot of shots, but Dubnik was just that good. And I can't complain at all about Devin Dubnik or Darcy Kemper in any way. I can only complain that Darcy Kemper wasn't available. That was the disappointing part. Yes, Saturday and then Sunday, the Wild host. This is a back-to-back and everything, and the Wild certainly played like it was a back-to-back. They host the New Jersey Devils, who are a little better. They'd been on a three-game losing streak, but, well, it ended here with a 2-1 to victory in XL Energy Center, much to our chagrin. Darcy Kemper was in net on this night. He only faced 15 shots, or 17 shots, pardon me. He gave up two, unfortunately. It was a very boring, hapless game. Just boring-ass game. The Wild couldn't get anything going. Only 19, or 18 shots on goal. Only got one past Corey Schneider, who's a pretty good goalie. Uh, ultimately, obviously, the replacement... For Martin Brodeur, he'd been kind of been waiting forever, basically, over there in New Jersey to take over that starting role. A very, very solid goalie for the Devils. They're a little better than I thought, and they're a little better than they've... They're a little better this year. Winning record. They're they're in the wild card right now in the Eastern Conference, which luckily the Wilds still hold a wild guard position by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, they didn't give it up, luckily. Um... Eric Hall is a name you're going to see uh, more frequently during the course of this uh, episode as well. It's nice to see him <clears throat> popping up. Koivu with a rare assist as he's been getting quiet <laughs> of late. He assisted on Zach Parisi's goal, and I predicted Zach would score against his former club. He did, and then, well, that's it. That's it. No other goals. Yeah, 2-1. to one. Boring-ass game. No, Neither team even at mustered 20 shots on goal in this game. An awful game. 17 for um, New Jersey, 18 for Minnesota. That's good for, what, 35 shots on goal. That's how many shots on goal the Dallas Stars had the night before. And this is both teams. That's kind of weak. Really a weak effort. Disappointing game. But you figure, okay, it was a back-to-back. We'll be fine. We're, we're hosting the Bu- Buffalo Sabres Tuesday, man. Tuesday, January the 12th. We're hosting the Sabres. You get two days off. Get Devin back in net. Nothing wrong with Kemper necessarily, but... He certainly wasn't fantastic, the goals he gave up. Not the best thing you ever saw. We'll be fine. And then the Wild, <laughs> about, you know, the Wild by the end of the first period are trailing three to nothing. What? Huh? You're, you're down three nothing to the Buffalo Sabres. You know the you know the team that, that always ends your losing streaks and your skids every single year? You know, saves Mike Yo's job? Yeah, you're down three nothing to the Buffalo Sabres. What? Huh? What? 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 Okay. Well, the fourth line, well, partially, partially the fourth line, hooked up by Ryan Stewart and Jared Spurgeon midway through the second period. The Wild finally break the ice, so to speak. They finally score a goal. Eric Halla getting his fifth goal of the season. Again, you're going to see his name kind of frequently during the course of the past few weeks here. And during the course of this time, he's uh, been stepping up and it's really nice to see. It's really nice to see Eric Hollis stepping up. But yeah, I mean, in all reality, he's pretty much a fourth or third line center in the NHL. But he might end up being a good one if he could continue his, his uptrend. 
late in the third, the Wild empty net, trying everything they can to keep things moving, trying to get, trying to tie this game up, at least make it three to two at some point. And Thomas Vanek, I do apologize. I, I, I thought something was wrong. Thomas Vanek did score because <laughs> I kind of do this on the fly, even though I did watch all the games and I, I, I obviously did. Uh, Thomas Vanek, 14th goal of the season with about 52 seconds left in the game. <laughs> Ryan Studer and Granlin assisting on it. It was nice to see <laughs> Granlin score a goal. It was great. Or Granlin, what am I saying? Vanek score a goal. And Granlin getting an extremely rare assist of light. Remember that streak, that point streak Granlin's been on? Well, it's like outside of one right here, he'd pretty much been on a pointless streak. He's got like four points since like December, since like the end, since, since like mid-December. It's unbelievable. In fact, actually, the end of November, he's only got about five points, one goal and four assists. And, of course, the goal was an empty netter. Imagine that. Uh, it's unbelievable. Mikhail Granlund really has quieted off after, again, that nice little point streak. He started out the season doing almost nothing. Then he goes on a streak, like a 10-game streak with at least a point. Of course, they were all assists, but, you know, it's better than nothing. And then it's like zero after that. Uh, Vanek and Granlund, what the hell? Thomas Vanek and Mikhail Granlund, what the hell? No production whatsoever. Granlund, we're back to the whole, is he a top-line center in the NHL? No. I, I, I guess not. I mean, it was like two years ago when the Wild defeated the Colorado Avalanche and advanced, it looked like, without a doubt, Mikhail Granlund is a top-line center and even a nice defensive center as well. Ultimately, the Wild don't score again. They lose the game 3-2 to two to Buffalo, hosting that team, by the way, uh, on Tuesday, January the 12th. But... Uh, Granlin, yeah, I mean, just a non-factor out there. He gets beat up. Every time he has the puck, he's knocked off the puck. He can't hang on to it. The old, oh, is he big enough to play in the NHL? Remember all of that? Uh, it's back, you know, just another Pierre-Marc Bouchard, I guess. Oh, goody, a Pierre-Marc Bouchard. Boy, he was productive in the NHL, wasn't he? Well, he was supposed to be, but no. <laughs> Friday, January the 15th, the Wild host the Winnipeg Jets. You have three days off. Get ready for your semi, you could kind of call them an arch rival, even though they're kind of, the two teams are kind of new against each other, so to speak. Winnipeg's been struggling this season, and the Wild have a decent history against them, and and, and, and they get shot out at home against a, Hellebuck, Hellebuck, yeah, yeah, one nothing, one nothing. Winnipeg. They only allow one goal. Strong game by Devin Dubnik, stopping 25 of 26, and you, you only muster 24 shots against Winnipeg. Yeah, they're kind of a, they're a defensive team and everything, very physical. It's, but the Wild scored five goals against this club earlier in the year. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of an up and down type of team, Winnipeg. I mean, sometimes you score on them, sometimes they really shut you down. I mean, there were two to one type of games last year, and there were high scoring games last year. Same thing this season, but then you can't, but you can't even muster a single goal and. Yes, Winnipeg. Both of their goalies are good. I mean, let's, let's tell the truth. Pavlicic and Hellebuck are pretty good. I was actually scared of that but right there. I, that's why I picked the Wild to only win 2-1. to one. I thought it would be one of those really low-scoring games. I was right about the one. Winnipeg only scored one goal, but the Wilds couldn't even muster one single goal in the game. And it's crazy to see the, the scores earlier in the season. Back on October 25th, Winnipeg won 5-4 to four in Winnipeg. Minnesota won 5-3 to three in Excel Energy Center on Tuesday, November the 10th. And a 3-1 to one victory by Winnipeg, November the 22nd. Things clamping down a little bit there. Winnipeg netting an empty netter late in that one. The Wild just, oh boy, just nothing going on. Nothing going here in this game. 
couldn't get any real good shots off, ultimately. Zach Greasy does everything he can. I mean, okay, Ryan Suter was putting the puck on net. He ultimately had six shots, but he's mostly just doing what he does, putting the puck on net. Nothing wrong with that or anything. But a lot of the forwards, I mean, Mike, Mike, Mikhail Granlin, yeah, two shots on goal, but they were the softiest things ever, whatever. Uh, Coyle, to me, ultimately, I'm going to continue to say, out of all the prospects, so to speak, that are on the wild, you know, the young guys, you can't even call them prospects anymore. They've been on the wild a couple of years now, like the Granlins, the Coyles, the the Spurgeons, obviously. Well, he's he's not even a prospect, <laughs> but uh, Spurgeon, Niederreiter, all those guys. It's Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle, to me, is clearly the most talented out of that group. I think there's no doubt about it. And as he continues to get the puck, <laughs> as he continues to get the puck in the net, he will. He, his numbers will climb. I mean, it's just a matter of it's just a matter of positioning, timing, quickness, all that. And it's it's getting better and better for Charlie Coyle. He's certainly got the physical game down. He's, he's good defensively, good on the extremely good on the wall. All that stuff has kept him in the NHL, and his scoring is continuing to go up. He's got a ton of skill with his unbelievably good hands. Despite obviously he's he's more of a physical guy, you look at him as that, but his hands are fantastic. Anytime you see Shirley Coyle on a breakaway, you, you feel confident he's going to put that in the net. I mean, I'm confident, extremely confident with Charlie Coyle on the shootout as well that he's going to come up with something creative enough to fake the goalie <laughs> to fake the goalie where he wants him to go, and then put the puck where he wants the puck to go. Uh, very pleased with Charlie Coyle along the way. And the whole question, obviously, is he a center? Is he a, is he a wing? Probably more of a wing, but he can play center, that, that type of thing. It seemed like his game is better as a wing, but ultimately his long-term future could and should be a center. But I don't know, he's still better at the wing at this stage. That's just, I don't know, a lot of people's opinion right now. Well, but there you go. Friday, January 15th, Wild lose one nothing, And that's really all I got to say. I mean, whatever. It was a whatever kind of game. Unwatchable. Unwatchable, really. I mean, I'm, yay. I mean, the Wild managed to score 52 seconds. So let's say 52 seconds remaining in the Buffalo game. So then you had a whole 60 minutes with no goals right there. So luckily the Wild scored with 52 seconds left in that Buffalo game. So the scoreless streak didn't last, <laughs> didn't, it wasn't quite as large as it could have been. Imagine if their second goal was in the second period, how long the scoreless streak would have been. Because, yeah, there's a reason I'm saying that. And most of you know why. Wild head to Nashville, not the easiest game in the world. Uh, a, a playoff type of team. They're right now not in, believe it or not. They're not playing very well either. The Wild aren't playing very well. The Winnipeg Jets aren't playing really well. The Anaheim Ducks hadn't been playing well, but they're really starting to turn the tide, and I'm not surprised about that at all. I'm really not. I mean, seeing Winnipeg suck as bad as they did for the longest time, worst record in that Western Conference, I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Most talented roster in the Western Conference for, well, well, in the regular season anyway. And, of course, look at Chicago now. God almighty. 3 nothing. uh... 3 nothing Nashville was the final. Yeah. 3 nothing Nashville. Oh, and remember this name. What a fond memory this was. Isn't that exciting? Just a minute 24 into the game. Eric Bleepin Nystrom. Eric Nystrom, who couldn't even who, who couldn't even crack the lineup half the time with the Wild. He was off in a healthy scratch a couple years ago. He was frustrated. Um, you know, he's a decent third-line winger and all, but... I think he can be, but for whatever reason, he didn't seem to match with the system here in Minnesota. Seventh goal of the year, right out of the gate. It's funny, though, he has no assists. <laughs> this season, only 23 shots on goal for the year. What kind of crazy number is that? That's weird. But uh, Eric Nystrom, seventh goal of the year. 
Um, Lady Luck, I guess, in his case, he he scores when he has an opportunity. He scores. <sighs> I can't believe it. Shea Weber, of course, uh, one of the best defensemen in all of hockey, and Ryan Suter's dream teammate. I wish he was here. Wouldn't that be something? But, well, it didn't bring the uh, win of the uh, National Predators a whole lot of luck. Um, the Wild were chasing down Ryan Johansson, and they didn't get him. Ryan Johansson ended up getting traded to the National Predators, and, well, just to rub it in our face, he assisted on Roman Yossi's 10th power, goal of the year, a power play goal. Power play, a huge topic we're going to talk about later here. Just a huge big, big deal for the Wild. Damning numbers, man, for a long time in this case. But yeah, just to rub it in, 25th assist of the season for Johansson. A very, very productive player. The Wild just could not pry him away from the Blue Jackets. Disappointing. There's still a possibility of another guy we'll talk about shortly from Tampa Bay, but I don't know. That's going to be interesting. Philip Forsberg then netted the empty netter as the Wild did what they could. Only down 2 nothing. You still have a chance, right? <laughs> no. Gave up the empty net. Philip Forsberg, 13th goal of the year. You'd think he'd have more than that by now. Philip Forsberg, uh, not playing as well this season as he did last year when Nashville was on that tear. I mean, he looked like one of the top prospects in all of hockey. He, he's, still a, he's still a good prospect, but not quite like last season. Um, crappy third period for the Wild, though. I mean, you're down 2 nothing, and you only muster four shots on goal. Four shots on goal. You're, you're trailing, and you're down, and you only muster four shots on goal. I mean... Yeah, uh, Nashville played good defense in the game. Yes, they deserve credit keeping the Wild off the puck and everything. But Lord, I mean, wow! It was just more. It was just BS, BS to watch, BS. So there you go. That's uh, 120 minutes and 52 seconds. The Wild scoreless streak. 150, 100 and 120 minutes, 52 seconds. So then we get to cure everything going to Anaheim, a team that's, well, making a push. I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs. The old California curse is back. Back-to-back games, Anaheim and L.A., that just spells loss, 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 doesn't it? And then you have San Jose on Saturday coming up here, which will be in segment number two. Um, whoa, California curse, huh? Well, it kind of was, wasn't it? Wednesday, January the 20th, you have all these days off, four days off, to get ready for those Anaheim Ducks, boy. It's duck hunting season, right? Isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? Well, the Wild ended their scoreless streak. Jared Stoll, 126 minutes into it. 120, 20, <laughs> 27 minutes into it. I won't do the seconds. It's a little bit complicated. But over 127 minutes of scoreless hockey. And it ends by Jared Stoll. Only his second goal of the season. A nice little wrister. It, it was not bad and everything. You know, a wonderful pass by Hall. It was a better pass from Hall, but Stoll, it was kind of a one-timer type of shot. Not bad at all. Second goal of the year, Hall again. Assisting, getting those numbers up a little bit. Fourth line, obviously. Jared Stoll and Eric Hall playing together. It was a nice play. Good. Wild up. one nothing. Not even seven minutes into the game. We got this, guys. We got it. We're going to beat Anaheim. We ended the scoreless streak, and we're going to beat those Ducks, right? Uh, four minutes later, Chris frickin' Stewart. There you go. Another one. Another former Wild player getting his seventh goal of the season. Just like uh, Nystrom, seventh goal of the year. Chris Bleepin' Stewart with a nice big smile on his face when he scored the goal. And for a long time on the bench, they just had to keep reminding us, the NBC Sports guys, about Chris Stewart. Just had to keep making, kept to keep reminding us of his wonderful efforts in the postseason last year. Just wonderful. Really, really made us uh, believers in the postseason last year. 
Hmm. Well, tie game. Great. Second period. Back and forth. one nothing. Kind of a quiet second period, or at least on the scoring front. Both teams were attacking quite a bit, but nobody was scoring. Dubnik and John Gibson, who's really a nice young developing goalie in the NHL, really developing well over there in Anaheim. Most of the shots were traded in that second period. Most of the shots in this game were traded in the second period. The first period, pretty quiet. Again, the Wild managed to score a goal and only five shot attempts in that first period, but 14 in the second, and not one thing went past Gibson. He stopped everything that came his way. The Wild tried as they might. It wasn't the prettiest game ever by the Wild, but they attempted. <laughs> they attempted in that second period. It was nice to see Anaheim did the same thing. Dubnik stopping everything. Again, you can never complain about Devin Dubnik's effort. Never. He, he has been fantastic. He started the season poorly, but really since mid-November or so, Dubnik has been Dubnik for the most part. Not quite as dominant as last year, but he's been an extremely good goaltender for the Wild. He's been keeping them in these games, the glue that holds the team together. But ultimately, in that third period, they just, the puck just went through, and it was unfortunate. Ricard, Raquel, his 10th goal of the season, making it 2-1, to but the Wild were still in it, did what they could, tried as they might, but ultimately, empty netter by Jacob Silverberg, Damn it. 3-1. to one. Anaheim, it was game over. When I saw that go through, it was like, yeah, whatever. Once the shot was on that, well, was the, once he let go of the shot, he knew he was going to score. Anaheim sweeps the season series, despite the fact they've been playing poorly all year. 4-1 to one by Anaheim back on October the 18th. Just, ugh. 4-1. And they were playing like dog dookie at the time, Anaheim was. October 24th, uh, Anaheim, well, actually, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, the Wild did beat Anaheim. I, I apologize, but Anaheim did uh, win the series. The Wild did beat Anaheim Saturday, October 24th. I'm just so used to the Wild losing to Anaheim. <laughs> I thought they did there. I apologize. Uh, well, I do remember that game now very well. It was actually really a fun night. Nice shutout by by, <laughs> by Dubnik there. It was a, When Dubnik was struggling, he really needed that shutout like he needed to breathe. So there you go. That was fantastic right there. That was his first shutout of the season in Devin Dubnik's case. Again, after a, kind of a pretty poor start for Devin, ultimately. But that was a nice trendsetter and a nice rebound for the Wild. I, I apologize for that. My bad. Uh, Holla again. Yep, like I said, factoring in the scoring. And Jared Stoll... <laughs> You barely even notice he's out there. He's physical, but man, the past three, four years, Jared Stoll is barely in the NHL. It's kind of sad. He's he's almost minor league level, and that's why the uh, Rangers released him ultimately. But we'll take him. I mean, he, right now he's <laughs> right now he's 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 the best we got at that position. When uh, when uh, Grayovac isn't really ready to go, he was injured. He's been playing mediocre hockey in the AHL right now, so kind of hard to say. When it comes to that, you figure, okay, you lose 3-1 to one to Anaheim. Nothing's going right for the Wild. Are we going to win a back-to-back in L.A.? I don't think so. But the good news is the Wild didn't really have to travel because they're already in Anaheim. So that must have helped a little bit, right? Didn't didn't really have to travel. Maybe a little bus ride across town. Eh, it's not a big deal. Over to Staples Center. Sounds like you're at a Lakers game the whole time when you hear the, the same exact no 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 that they hear with the L.A. The LA Lakers games. <laughs> Pardon me. First period scared me a little bit. Anaheim looked like they were outplayer. You mean, excuse me, the the Kings, Los Angeles Kings, looked like they were outplaying the Wild in that first period. Scared me a little bit, but Darcy Kemper stopped everything coming his way. A couple of them really scary. <laughs> he had one come off the post, 
Oh, boy, scared the hell out of me. You know what? Yeah, one bouncing right off the post, the goalie's best friend. And then luckily, Mr. Kemper able to stop it, freeze the puck. Well, should I get into the whole power play talk? Let's get to it now. Before the LA game, so luckily I can finally, like, I can end that. I, I, I can end it instead of can keep it going. <laughs> but before the LA Kings game uh, on Thursday night there, Thursday night, January the 21st, the Minnesota Wild were 0-24 on the power play since November 17th. Insane. Insane. Uh, wow. Uh, that's uh, about as bad as it possibly can get, I, I, I think. I mean, that's pathetic. No power play goals on the road. On on the road. On the road. I hope I said that. On the road. Since November 17th. No power play goals on the road since November 17th. And how fitting. How fitting. Zach Rizzi scores his 17th goal of the year on the power play early in the second period to end it once and for all. What the hell's Pominville? What the hell are Pominville and Vanek doing on the power play anyway? But well, okay, well they helped. They helped Zach Greasy score his goal. Really nice pass from Vanek. Pominville getting it started from the point. Vanek setting up Parisi, who rifled that thing in there from fairly close range. Seventeenth goal of the season. Made a nice move, did Zach. Seventeenth goal of the year, leading the team in goals, despite the fact he missed a significant amount of time, just like last year. Led the Wild in goals most of the year, but again, missing time. Parisi's definitely been a sniper for the Wild the past two years, without a doubt, rather than just kind of a gritty, you know, maybe 25 to 30 goal scorer. He looks more like a 35 to 40 goal scorer the past couple of years. He's been fantastic. Really happy with uh, what Zach Parisi's been doing, but power play drought over, at least for the moment. The road drought lasting all the way back to before Thanksgiving, 0 for 24, and the overall drought was uh, 1 for 34. Just pathetic, just pathetic. Overall, 1 for 34. The Wild hadn't scored a power play goal since about uh, since around Christmas time, just before Christmas. Unbelievable. No power play goals since before Christmas. This is January 20, 22nd today, 21st at the time. What the flying man? But they ended. Okay, so the Wild have to win this game, right? They have to win. And by the way, Darcy Kemper's in net. Darcy Kemper's in net against the LA Kings. He saved, he he, he saved the Wild season two years ago during the the other, you know, the the second of like how what has it been like four like swoons in in January, and and December in January for the Wild. This one may be shorter this time. Hopefully, hopefully this is a short swoon. Let's let's have it be a short one, right? Because it was like it wasn't officially a swoon yet. It was just five hundred hockey on the last episode, and then it became a full blown swoon. Six-game uh, pointless streak, unbelievable by the Wild, and almost scoreless hockey. We're talking like, we're talking like one goal a game for the last month. That's how bad the Wild had been. Ultimately, in their even in their 500 uh, hockey on the previous show, but it hadn't been such a long t- time yet. It was just a short stretch, so it wasn't as big of a news as it had gotten to be until last night's game against the Los Angeles Kings. Trendsetter, man, trendsetter. Darcy Camper helping the Wild break out of this slump. Good job, Darcy. You did it again, buddy. <laughs> Goals against average under two at this stage. Second shutout of the season. Overall, stopped so many shots. He was just unbelievable the whole night. Biggest smile ever on his face. 32 shots by Darcy Kemper. Really reminded me of two years ago when he had that huge smile on his face and all of us thought he's just this hes this young guy who just he, he just doesn't have it yet. He's not that good, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then there he was, kicking ass against the Kings. So fantastic. And then he was the number one goalie for the longest time for the Wild. 
during that season. <laughs> it was so fun. It, it was freaking awesome to watch. And then we ended up going with uh, Brisgala for the for a while after that because Kemper had a concussion in those playoffs. But Brisgala came in, kind of helped things as Kemper went through some slumps. It was kind of a back to forth type of deal. But now I'm going off into a different tangent. I do apologize. Um, near the end of the second period, the Kings, it looked like they're going to score for sure. I mean, they had so many temp. They were keeping the puck in, in our zone for the longest time. And then Scandella, the puck just kind of bounces his way and then he flings it up in the air. Beautiful, raises the puck in the air to Charlie Coyle, who amazingly, <laughs> what a move he had, he made just to avoid getting called for an offsides. <laughs> he just barely <laughs> avoided the offside. Spectacular play. That may have been even better than his goal. But the moment I saw Charlie Coyle on a breakaway, I'm like, he's going to score because he he's, he's that kind of guy. He has the moves and the skill on that breakaway to score. I mean, he, 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 he gets it done. He's not like, to be quite honest, he's not like Brian Ralston, who when he's in that position, he's going to miss. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to get stopped. Brian Ralston would get stopped there. And I remember I always thought Brian Ralston was overrated. Charlie Coyle is the kind of guy that scores in those situations. And that's why I think he's more of a potential you know, centerpiece type of player for this Minnesota Wild long-term. It was his 11th goal of the season. Fantastic move, drawing Jonathan Quick way over to the right and then flung it left. Beautiful play by Charlie Coyle. Just awesome. 11th goal of the season, Margot Scandella, the only guy with the assist on the play because the puck bounced his way. Just a, just a lucky bounce, as they say in hockey, and it was fantastic. 2 nothing Minnesota, and then you had Eric Halla, the Wild were on the penalty kill. Eric Hall, well, that's what he's good at, and he's got all that speed. The Wild force a turnover. Ryan Suter has the puck, gives it up to Koivu. Great pass over to Halla, who buries it. Beautiful shot by uh, uh, Eric Halla. Unbelievable pass by Koivu as well. Again, similar situation to what uh, Coyle did with uh, uh, Jonathan Quick. Koivu was on the left. <laughs> Yeah, actually it was Sim. Yeah, Koivu was on the left. He kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> Similar situation, but opposite side of the net. That's the good part. Koivu kept waiting, making it look like he was going to shoot the puck. Got Jonathan Quick to, buy, to bite, fall on the ice, diving for the puck, looking for Koivu's backhand, basically, even though it would have been kind of a weird angle. But then an even more difficult angle, Eric Halla. Spectacular play. <laughs> I don't even know what degrees it would be, but it was a very tough, sharp angle by Eric Halla, and he sniped that thing. Fourth goal of the season, shorthanded goal for the Wild. You end the power play drought, and you get a shorthander, and then an awesome breakaway play, Scandella and Coyle. Two of the younger guys that are, Scandella's not super young, but he's young enough. Two of the younger guys who hopefully will be on this team for a long, long time. Beautiful night for the Wild. Kemper getting the shutout, his second of the season. Seventh overall for the Minnesota Wild, which, if you can believe this, leads the NHL in shutouts. The Wild lead the NHL in shutouts with seven. Kemper and Dubnik shared a shutout earlier in the season due to an injury to uh, Dubnik, if I remember correctly. I remember Dubnik was pissed off. He was banging his stick on the ice. That was when he... uh, that was when he he hurt his knee a little bit, but luckily was able to come back and play not too long after that. But it was a shared shutout. Fantastic effort by the Wild in that one. Uh, seven shutouts on the season leads the NHL. That tells you the goalies aren't the problem this time around. Time to start scoring, guys. Time to start scoring, without a doubt. All the stats point to that. The Wild's power play is worst as it gets, even worse than ever. And remember how good it started out the season? And Wild working with Adam Oates in the offseason behind <laughs> Mike Yo's back. 
and he wasn't too happy about it, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. And it was just fantastic. And it's like, hey, you know, who cares if Mike Yo's not happy about it? It's working. They look great. And now they look like dog poo until last night. But hopefully this game <laughs> truly has ended this ended this the, the poor streak and gets the Wild moving in the right direction. The Wild never gave up a playoff positioning, which is good news. Very good news. The Wild never even gave up the top wild card spot because they had a huge lead. But they squandered the lead. They blew it. It was like you're up 4 nothing in a game and now it's 4-3. to three. Well, you might as well get that fifth goal rather than give up a give up the fourth there, hey? A, that would be nice. So let's pass out the awards for this episode. Pardon me if I made the microphone wobble there. I did that a lot in the last episode, and I really apologize. I think that's when I bang on the screen here. I got to stop doing that. I, I do apologize. The the iPad because I use that for uh, <laughs> I use that for numbers and such that I need. So and I just bang on it like there it is. You know, stupid, huh? Because you can't see it. Okay, Mike Bonanno Award. It's going to go to Darcy Kemper and Devin Dubnik because who carried the Wild this whole time? Who kept the Wild in every game? Darcy Kemper is going to get the official award because he broke the streak. He ended it. Just an unbelievable game against the, the Kings. And yes, it's one game and he missed so much time with injuries and such. But Darcy, though, was has been good for the longest time now after a poor start to the season. Kind of similar to his, his uh, second year with the Wild a while back when he had the game against the Kings and took over. But Devin Dubnik also, he's kept the Wild in every game. He was fantastic against Dallas as well. He, but yeah, he's kept the Wild in every freaking game. It wasn't cool when we went down 3 nothing against uh, Buffalo, but we'll let that slide. That's why he's not going to get the award. Darcy will get the award for this one. And there you go. Uh, the James Shepard Memorial, the disappointment since the last episode. Well, it's got to go to Granlin. I mean, Casper the friendly ghost, Granlin the friendly ghost. I mean, Mikhail, what's going on here? What's going on here, eh? He's just he's just vanished. He's he's vanished without a doubt. So there you go, uh, Granlin. <laughs> you could only hope and pray he's going to step things up again. I mean, Eric Halla has as many goals as Mikhail Granlin. Eric Hollat doesn't have nearly the time on ice as Mikhail Granlin. That's kind of funny. And it was a legitimate goal. It wasn't an empty netter. I mean, Halla has an empty netter this season. But, well, uh, he's a fourth liner, so sometimes it's going to happen that way. The fourth liners aren't going to score all the big goals and the big times. But he, he had a nice one there, burying the Kings. So there it is, Eric Halla. You can tell him kind of the nice little surprise. And he's, he, he has 10 points now. Uh, not a fantastic statistic. But hey, it's it's not bad at this point in the season. It's not bad. It's uh, it's better than it's been. I mean, last year Carlo had about two, put about four points, five points at this stage in the season. So it's progress. Okay, so we'll give him that. And if he continues to progress, maybe he'll wind up with thirty this year. Not bad compared to what he'd been, uh, even early in the season when he was doing absolutely nothing. So there you go. Keep it up, Eric Halla. Let's take a break. Let's preview just a couple games because you got the All-Star break coming up. And uh, check in with the Iowa Wild a little bit. Oh, goody. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment. That's right, preview segment, and check up on Iowa Wild, and 
There you go. We'll introduce you to some of the uh, the <laughs> the social media connected to Brave the Wild as well. Thank you guys for listening. By the way, just thank you. God bless you. There may be may or not may or may not be newcomers to the show. There's always probably a new face or two or three out there for every single episode. I'm sure. Please stick around and keep listening to the show. It would be greatly appreciated. So Saturday, January the 23rd, the Minnesota Wild head to San Jose. And in the past, I would say this was a death, death nail. The Wild never, ever beat the Sharks. Never. They just don't. Well, last time we went, there was a shutout. So why shouldn't we, why shouldn't we win, right? Maybe the Wild could sweep this season series. Uh, the Sharks offense is just freaking awesome, though. And they're playing a lot better than they were at the time. That's what scares me a little bit. I think the Wild can win this game, and why not? Uh, the only major injury currently for the Wild is uh, Ryan Carter with a hand injury. He's on injured reserve for the moment, but you know how players come off that very quickly at times. The Sharks, though, I mean, my goodness, what's up with Brent Burns? My God, he's got like 40 points already. Merry Christmas. You guys unbelievable, isn't he? <laughs> I still can't get over it. Brent Burns had 60 points last year. Like, what the hell? That That's insane. Did you see that coming? I, I don't know. I guess somebody did. Uh, he has just been unbelievable with the San Jose Sharks. Though I'd say he's just a little bit offensive-minded. Just slightly. Slightly offensive-minded, I think. That's just my opinion, though. That's just my opinion. Uh, Jones, Martin Jones, is the goalie for the San Jose Sharks. He's kind of an all-or-nothing, isn't he? 21-13 uh, and 13 record, though. I mean, you can't argue with the win-loss record. He's got two overtime losses on the season. Save percentage of 91 and a half. Goals against average 2.4. So certainly not as good as either Dubnik or uh, Kemper. But he's got four shutouts, though, just like Dubnik. He's kind of all-or-nothing-ish. And you hope that the Wild can manage to get past him a bit here. Definitely a uh, nice find for the Sharks, born in 1990, about the same age as Darcy. In fact, he is the same age as Darcy Kemper. And he's big, like Darcy Kemper. That's <laughs> what four. Um, it's like, can I pick a win in this one? I think I can. I think I can. It's just that the Sharks, again, are playing better. And they're kind of knocking on that wild card door right now. Put it this way, the Wild need to win this game. The Wild absolutely need to win this game. We're slightly ahead of the Sharks. The Sharks actually have one more win than the Wild. Two more losses and only three overtime losses. So the Wild have five more points in the overtime loss category. Ooh, isn't that great? Uh, This is an afternoon game. The Wild aren't the Timberwolves, where the Wild, the Wolves' history in afternoon games has been pathetic up until last week when they finally kicked the Suns' ass on a, on, a, on the <laughs> in, in Target Center in a, on an afternoon game. The Wolves always have sucked in those games, even when they're even when they were great uh, about about ten, twelve years ago. Wrong show though. <laughs> it's for Timberwolves' explosion. Um, this is a, this is kind of like a pick 'em almost. It's a tough one. Do I go in good faith and say the Wild come back and win another one? Oh, man. Ooh, I'm going to come out in good faith. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. After such a negative stretch, let's say they'll see the Wild get going here. Go on a streak here. Devin Dubnik most likely will be in that against the Sharks. He hasn't been as sharp as Kemper. I'd almost put Kemper in again and see what happens. Like, why not? Why not give Dubnik a break? Because Dubnik was in that so many games uh, consecutively when Kemper was out. Because you're not going to put Backstrom in there. You're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. So, if I'm Mike Yo, I put Kemper in there. Let Dubnik have a couple days off. Hope for the best. I mean, you can't, I would be very surprised, actually, if Kemper got shelled. Though, I'd be pretty surprised if, if Dubnik got shelled, too. Um, I'm going to assume they put Dubnik in, though, because that's just the way they are. They're, they're very... 
they're very much like Dubnik's the guy. It sure seems like that's the way they've been approaching things. Maybe they don't want Kemper to get greedy in the offseason. That's kind of their secret uh, secret motivation there, which might be pissing their agent off just a little bit. Uh, might be pissing their agent off and Kemper a little bit secretly. Um, we did just sign Kemper, though, so whatever, <laughs> right? But yeah, just just watch, though. Just watch. This offseason is going to be interesting like they always are. Um, I'm really going everywhere, aren't I? <sighs> It was a very big win, though, for the Wild. Who The Kings have been on fire. So for them to pull that off, I'm going to pick a 3-2 victory for the Wild with Devin Dubnik in net. I could see Coyle scoring against the team that he uh, the team that he was on. Not officially, but in the system. In their system, ended up trading here in the Brent Burns deal. Both teams look like they've come out decently in that deal, for the most part. Um, though, it's on paper. You, guys, they say, you, you say Brent Burns is better. But it's paper. Uh, 40 points. Great statistics. And I can't say he's a shutdown defenseman in any way. He's an offensive defenseman of upper proportions. In fact, he's almost like an out-of-position defenseman. I mean, it's like almost unnatural how many points this kid has. <laughs> in fact, he's not really a kid anymore, is he? But um, I, I think Coyle scores against his former team. And unfortunately, I could see Burns scoring against his former team as well. I could see that happen. Unfortunately, uh, Pavlovsky's leading the way and scoring. Thornton's still hanging around. He's about... 40. Gosh, he's getting way up there in years. Um, Martin Jones, again, he's the kind of guy you can beat. And I'm, I'm going to take the chance. I think Dubnik's the better goalie of the two. I'd say the Wild win 3-2 to two in a fairly close one. It'll be regulation. I don't trust the Wild in overtime. If it goes to overtime, San Jose is going to win the game. I mean, until the Wild prove it, they're not going to win an extra period. But Wild win regulation 3-2. to two. Let's move on to the other game and keep moving here as quickly as possible. The next show I do is probably going to be fairly short, but yeah, there will be a show next week. Uh, Monday, January the 25th, the Minnesota Wild host, well, the first segment will be short anyway, the Wild host, because it gets real busy after that, uh, the Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals, right? No, the Arizona <laughs> Coyotes, who hopefully will be playing in the same town as the NFC champion Arizona Cardinals, hopefully the Cardinals win that game, that's what that's what we'll know. Um, by, by the time of Monday, January the 25th, we'll know who is going to the uh, Super Bowl. Is it Arizona? Is it Carolina? Is it the Carolina Hurricanes or Arizona Coyotes, right? No. <laughs> we'll find out. Okay, I'm all over the place and I apologize. Uh, Mike Smith has been out since December 12th with a lower back injury, so you're going to see a different goalie in net. The Arizona Coyotes are 2-0 and against the Wild so far this year. That's bullshit. Part of my language. I wasn't expecting to say that, but that, that is bullshit. I mean, come on. Arizona wasn't even playing well at the time. They're actually starting to play better now. And yeah, the overtime loss, December 11th, that was disgusting. I mean, it was like five seconds into overtime. Boom, they score. I mean, one to one for how long? And then they just score just like that. Whatever. It's like the Wilder, a joke in, in the extra period. Just a joke. So what's going on in goaltending for Arizona? It ain't Devin Dubnik, is it? I'm sure they're missing him right now. And yeah, that's kind of annoying, I'm sure. But oh, goody, you got another freaking uh, Andrew Hammond in that. Yep, Luis Domingue. Luis Domingue is 7 and 4. He's got three overtime losses, so a little snake bit there with the shootouts and overtimes. But he's got two shutouts in minimal playing time since Mike Smith's injury. Save percentage about 93. Two shutouts as well. But the Coyotes are doing exactly what the Wild were doing up until yesterday. They lost to New Jersey 2-0. They lost to Buffalo 2-1. They lost to San Jose 3-2-1. And then they go to L.A. Uh Uh-oh, are they going to end it against L.A. just like us? Well, uh, let's hope they don't, I guess. Let's kind of hope they don't, I suppose. (laughs) That's kind of funny. And then they host 
No, actually, no, we host. They come to Minnesota, which I think does spell a victory for the Wild. And put it this way, if the Wild lose this game, what the hell? You know, what the hell? Get off your, get get your head out of your ass. Get your head out of your ass. Keep Get the scoring up. Let's go. Let's, let's not screw around. Let's not go back into a slump again in any form. Let's get a power play goal against these Arizona Coyotes. It's going to be a lower scoring game, though. Just like all of those. I mean, three to one, three goals is the highest scoring game. And that's kind of like Devin Dubnik right there. That's what Dominic is kind of like. He's kind of like Dubnik right now. <laughs> you could say, even I compared him to Andrew Hammond, but you get the idea. Um, man, Mahalik is still there. Zimnik Mahalik, the former Wild player, about 10 years ago now. He's just kind of been hanging on in the NHL for a while. Had a little run. Never really, never really moved up a level, though. He moved up like half a level. After he was off the wild. He's a little better. And it's like, man, we let him go. And it's like, eh, eh. Kind of like Dominic Moore. Eh, you know. We're, nobody's dying because we lost Dominic Moore. And nobody's dying either because Benoit Puglia is actually a, a, a halfway decent third-line player in the NHL. It's just killed us a little bit when he had score against us because it's kind of annoying. So, there you go. Uh, I, mean, I remember Mahalik had a goal against the wild at one point years ago. Um, I'm going to pick the wild to win this one. It's going to be a low-scoring one. It's going to be very low scoring. The Wild will win 2-1 to one in this one. I'm not sure who's going to be in net. Probably Dubnik. In fact, I'd almost be shocked if Dubnik wasn't in net against his former team. Uh, he's been in the net every single time we've played against Arizona. And why wouldn't he be this time? Wild win 2-1. to one. So I have the Wild getting all four points in the next two games. I hope I'm not dead wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if it winds up being two points. Maybe you lose to San Jose or something. But... Sharks are playing better. Arizona had been playing better until the last week. They're taking a dump on themselves right now, even though they're getting better goaltending than Mike Bleep and Smith, who... I, I don't know what Arizona was doing last year. Anyway, having Mike Smith as the starting goalie. Just because he's making a lot of money doesn't mean he's a good goalie. Look at his numbers. Just just look just look at him. I mean, psh. last year he was averaging over three goals a game. This year he's averaging over three goals a game. Whatever. Lousy. Um... I think Arizona had been playing better with with Dominique and Nett, without a doubt. Lindbach, not many people know about him yet, kind of getting just getting started for the most part. In fact, he's just a seventh round pick anyway. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just get off that. They absolutely need Mister uh, Dominique and Nett in that one, and if he's not, the Wild will absolutely win the game with Lindbach's numbers pretty much Mike Smith level. So time to get off that and back to the Wild. <laughs> and I think the Wild again win a two to one victory in this one. I would not be surprised to see a Vanek goal or somebody on the lower end, like a <laughs> like a Fontaine or something, somebody like that, somebody in those area in that area, like a Halla again, maybe a maybe a Car- well not Carter but Stoll. You're going to see like a fourth liner score in this one is basically what I'm getting at, or somebody who'd been quiet like Vanek. Maybe Pominville will break his his, his losing streak, his goalless streak, but it's going to be somebody like that. It's going to be somebody that doesn't score often, and then probably Zach will get the other goal. Because I think Zach is going to score against one of these two teams. I see it in a lower scoring game against Arizona. That's just that's just what that's just what, what I see in this one. So let's check in on the Iowa Wild. And yes, I know these are not the top prospects for the Wild. I know there's there's talk out there and others. Um, there's many others. You know, you got Greenway and and so many other prospects out there. <sighs> It's kind of harder to, I mean, it's not too hard to keep up with them, but at the same time, <laughs> at least you're, at least these are the guys that are immediately ready for the Wild. Now, Mike Riley hasn't, hadn't been playing for the Iowa Wild, so he's been stuck at 18 because he's been up with the Minnesota Wild. He did play 
against New Jersey and a couple others out there. But for the most part, nothing much to say yet. Minimal playing time. He, he'd been decent out there, um, but he's at the bottom. You know, he's in the bottom three. He's in the bottom of the, he's in the third pairing out there. So he's mostly been out there with uh, with Prosser. So you don't see him out there a whole lot. Sometimes with Dumba, um, kind of a quiet situation right there with Mike Riley starting out, but I'm not too surprised. Very rarely do you see a defenseman come up to the wild and just shine immediately. It takes a while. I mean, it took a while with Scandella to Dumba when he first started was was doing anything. That was two years ago. Stuff like that. Uh, Brodine immediately was valuable, but it took a year or two before he kind of started scoring a little bit, but now obviously he's back to hardly scoring. Yet his defense has been pretty good most of the season in the case of Brodine. Um, other than that, Grayovac, only four points in 14 games down there in, uh, in Iowa. He's been very quiet, and that sucks. Uh, Grayson Downing now is the leading scorer down in Iowa. But he's mostly just a uh, he's just mostly a career minor leaguer, but a hell of a story down there. Jordan Schrader has been getting it done. Uh, 20 points in only 25 games. Very strong effort for Mr. Schrader. Really been... Uh, well, I mean, he's been doing a good job down there, but he's the kind of guy I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild called him up at some point to add a little scoring punch, especially if the struggling continues. I'm kind of surprised they didn't call him up, but I guess, lucky for someone else on the Wild, they didn't. Uh, Olofsson got a pair of assists since the last episode. That's good. So he's gone up from six to eight points on the season. Good to see Olofsson adding a little bit of offense down there. His defense, though, is good. He's more of a Brodeen type anyway, more of a more of a stay-at-home defenseman, shut-down type of guy. But nice to see him adding a couple points, shipping in a little bit down there. That's the good news. So with that, we'll wrap up that brief semi-half of a segment with the, with the Iowa Wild. I'll talk a little bit about uh, Druin of the, excuse me, of the Tampa Bay Lightning um, now. He's pretty much in a pissing battle with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Him and his agent are in a pissing battle with the Lightning. What do the Wild do here? Do you trade Dumba? That's one of the pieces they want. Do they want just Dumba? Do they want more? Does Druin offer enough for the Wild to, uh, to to pull the trigger? Should the Wild do it? I think the Wild need to make some type of move. I think there's no doubt about it that the Wild have to do something. Um... I would personally trade Dumba for Druin. I mean, he's not adding the scoring punch that we thought. He had a nice defensive play or two last night, knocking the puck away at key moments, and that was good. Nice to see Dumba actually making some defensive plays, and I think he has been trying to focus on that of late to stay in the NHL because if he sucks on defense and his offense isn't producing, well, forget it. Dumba's going to go back down to Iowa. What do you do with Druin, though? Is he legit, or is he just a big attitude problem? Obviously, his scoring ability is there, but he's barely got his feet wet in the NHL, and he's already doing this pissing battle with the Lightning. Like, how could it be that bad in Tampa Bay that you need to act like that? I don't understand it. Is he that pissed off that he's not in the NHL? Is that what it is, or the coaching? Or, but basically, he wants to never play for the Lightning again. That Jonathan Druin, of course, never wants to play for the Lightning again, and he didn't show up for the AHL. That's the key. He, he was sent down to the AHL. Did not, he's not going to show up. And he said, I won't be playing for any form of the Lightning again. Uh, I won't be playing again until I'm traded. So we'll see. Uh, nothing's happened yet. Maybe it's happening right now behind right now <clears throat> behind closed doors as I speak. Here on a, on a Friday morning. Wild Friday. That's like classic. Yep. But uh, that's uh, 
Who's to say what's going to happen? Do the Wild have the guts to do it? They, they, weren't, they weren't able to pull off the Johansson trade. Maybe they didn't want him as much as they thought. He's another guy who has a kind of a character issue over there in Columbus. But, well, yeah, he's, he's been okay so far in Nashville. Very small sample size. Druin is a winger. He's not a center. That's another thing. I mean, we have centers already, or we have wingers already. But then again, you can never have too many. Um, Zucker's been pretty invisible, hasn't he? It's not like he's tearing up the league of late. He's been kind of quiet this year. He, he was better last year with Zucker. Uh, so where, where do you go? Do you, do you go with Druin? Do you, do you try to make the move? I think the Wild have to make some type of move and hope for the best because it's been a plateau. And that was going to be the theme of this episode before last night's Austin victory over the Kings. The Wild are at a plateau right now, and they need to like rise up. They need to get to the next plateau. And hopefully don't fully plateau. They just get to the next step. Because if we're stuck at making the playoffs and losing in the second round, well, that's not what you bargained for when you when you paid two hundred million dollars to Parisian Suter, and, and you and you plunked down a ton of cash for Pominville, who's yeah, well, you know, and, and a decent amount of cash for Vanek, and a lot of money for Devin Dubnik, and a fairly generous contract for Kemper, generous, you know, for being how new he is still. Uh, Granlin, the Wild probably should have traded him. Before, before the Wilds should have probably tried to trade him earlier. Now, according to Michael Russo, he wouldn't he wouldn't even touch him if he was a scout from another team. He's been that bad, and I, I agree. I mean, he he can't even hang on to the freaking puck. I almost swore there, but because puck and that other word rhyme very well, but he he can't even hang on to the puck. It's unbelievable. I mean, he'll he'll have an empty net practically. Like how many times did it happen this year where he could have scored a goal standing up? But the problem was he wasn't standing up because he'd get touched and the puck would go the other way. It hit the post and it wouldn't go in, but luckily somebody would be there, Johnny on the spot, to bury it. So he'd get an assist on the play. And it happened a couple times during one of those fun wins on the road earlier in the year. Um, that was a fun game, if I remember if it was... It wasn't Pittsburgh. It was I can't remember who it was now. It's a little long time ago and I didn't write it down because it just kind of came to my mind just now. Um, but... I mean, Niederreiter, he's been so up and down this year. Started strong, then did absolutely bleeping nothing, and then had a nice little streak there, and now, do you hear Niederreiter's name ever anymore? Well, maybe in a couple of little fights, little skirmishes. Okay, that's cute and everything, but Niederreiter's not supposed to be Chris Porter. He's supposed to be Niederreiter. He's supposed to be a guy who can score 25 to 30 goals, but he's Chris Porter. He's Ryan Carter. (laughs) Jared Stoll. I mean... That's kind of what you're getting out of these guys right now, and it's really frustrating. It's a plateau that the Wild need to rise up above. They need to do it, and does a move, does, does getting Druid help them do that? Maybe. Maybe. Um, it's the kind of move, or non-move, that could get Chuck Fletcher fired. That's the sucky part, because Granlin was a high pick, high prospect, not doing it right now. Niederreiter's getting quiet. Coyle, I think, lives up to everything. The 28th pick in the draft that he was, or was it 24th, uh, ultimately has been living up to whatever hype. He hasn't been scoring as much as you'd like, but he's starting to, and it's looking better. He was the 28th pick, that's what I thought, in 2010. Um, <laughs> just like Zach Phillips while was, was in 2011. Uh, Ouch. That's all i got to say about that one. Um, well, we'll just kind of leave it there, I suppose. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's all between Chuck Fletcher and Craig Leopold and others, Mike Yo, all that. I mean, we're, we're, it's all at a crossroads right now. Are we going to continue to get better? 
and keep this crew together or is it all going to blow up and we're going to be well, looking at a new coach, new GM and everything with the same players and see what happens. And maybe some different players not too long after that. We'll see. With that, we're going to call it a break. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to call it a, uh, a show per se, like a break. Yeah, it's not really going to be a break this time. I will definitely be back next week because, see, this weekend I'll be recording Purple Mafia. I'll be reviewing the uh, NFC and AFC Championship games and the, and previewing the Super Bowl, but then next week I'll be shutting down Pro Mafia for a week because it's there's no game. So let's relax. So I will absolutely, positively be recording Brave the Wild next week. So I'll, I'll be reviewing the two games and previewing, I think, four games after that. So it's, it, it, it's enough to do a show, for sure, and I'll have the, the time to do it. With Purple Mafia out of the way, I'll have the time to do Brave the Wild. So apologize that the releasing of the show has been sporadic, and I, I thank you for your patience. This, this happens most of the time, and once Purple Mafia is out of the way, it's bombs away for the wild, and the Timberwolves explosion the rest of the way. That, God, that's my favorite time of the year. I love when I can just do Brave the Wild every week. It's so fun. Especially if the team's playing good. And usually they had been playing good this time of year. We'll see what happens. So with that, God bless you. Thank you for your listenership. If you do enjoy the show and you're able to review it on iTunes, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Some of you out there, maybe you have a Stitcher account and you can review Brave the Wild on Stitcher. Would be appreciated as well. Um, I really could use some good reviews on there. Because the more good reviews, the, the show moves up per se. It moves up in like when you search for Minnesota Wild rather than just sitting kind of where it's been, which isn't bad, but not good. Not not good enough, right? <laughs> it's been kind of quiet of late. So I just really would appreciate it if you could do that. Maybe tell a friend or so of the show. There's the Facebook page. It's been quiet as well, but I need to be more active on it. Uh, search Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Show. Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Show. Comment down there. It'd be appreciated. And I will read your comment on air as long as you're cool with that. If you don't want to be read on air, just write, do not read this on air. That's all you have to say. Um, other than that, really appreciate your inclusion there. At Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild for Twitter. Of course, all just one word. In fact, to get to Brave the Wild now... Oh, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Just search Brave the Wild and Minnesota Wild Show on Facebook. I'll get to the web address later uh, on a later show. Um, ultimately... There's one other thing, the call-in line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-787. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild and comment, opine, enjoy. Let's talk some hockey, baby. With that, let's take let's take a break for a week, come back, and hopefully talk about a, th- a three-game winning streak. <laughs> Thank you.